Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. As you can tell, I have a new intro, and I'll have a new outro. Very, very exciting. If you finish the entire show, then uh, you get to see the outro at the end. Or, I mean, I guess you could always fast forward there, but that'd be kind of weird, kind of cruel, I feel like. Listen to the podcast first. Come on, guys. Anyway, um, yeah, I got this new thing. I think it's really nice. It was uh, from Fiverr. I got it from the pastor, Will Rice. He did some really good work, so if you like his work and need something done for you on Fiverr, definitely check him out. There's some really good sports stuff on there, um, and I really like the uh, intro stuff. It's, it's pretty fucking dope. Anyway, let's get into the podcast. It is another solo episode podcast where I am going to be doing my 2020 NFL roundup, which is basically where I go over all the predictions from the uh from my from the beginning of the 2020 NFL season basically you know all of my uh all of my how who's going to win MVP who's going to win the division who's going to be my breakouts my busts and all that stuff you know we're going to go over that and we're going to over this whole document i have a post on my website i will be posting the link to the website or the link to the to the uh, page on my website when I post the podcast too, so it'll be nice. Probably pin it to my Twitter and stuff so you can see all the stuff together and uh, listen to the podcast if you don't want to read about it because I'm going to do it on this podcast. I'm pretty much just going to be reading from the document and adding a little bit of flavor to it. Um, but yeah, let's let's start it up. The first thing I had, the first predictions I had, you can also check it on Twitter. It was pinned to my Twitter, or it still is pinned to my Twitter um, if you're watching me live. Um, but yeah, let's, let's get into it. Let's start with my Vanguard players. These were guys that I was 100% trusting on my fantasy team. Just 100% very in on these guys. I was just in, I was ready to go. I was happy about them. Let's see who they are. The first one, Joe Mixon. He was injured and he was, had a very disappointing season. Nevertheless, but, uh, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, Mixon had a good quarterback who also got hurt. The offensive line was a little bit better, but not very much. I he got a new contract, so I still feel like there's good room, good upside in the future. But man, this guy has got to be out of like he's got to be a second round pick. Now there's no way you can keep him as a first or take him as a first round pick or keep him as that kind of thing. It's just not worth it anymore. My second guy, super great, Odell Beckham Jr. I'm just I'm just so fucking happy, dude. I am the happiest motherfucker because I got another dude who was injured and probably not worth up to that point. I think he had like two really good games that were like really good. Um, and that was about it. So pretty bad. So, uh, over two so far, not great. Um, next one is Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, that was pretty bad too. Um, I just, uh, you know, I don't know. Was it reasonable for, for people to expect him to get traded in the beginning of the season or the off season? I don't think it was really. So I thought he would just get a lot of work on the jets and he was like a fifth round pick. And I thought that'd be worth it. Mackie Beckton was a really good blocker. I mean, they had some decent runners there. Frank Gore can do it. I think Le'Veon Bell could have done it as well, but, um, sadly, uh, that didn't happen, and he got, well, he was released, right, or something, and picked up by the Chiefs? Yeah, I think it was released, yeah, because no one wants to pay that fucking contract, that is true. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was pretty much a no, I've got three no's so far, that didn't work out, but the next one, I've got Robert Woods. Robert Woods was the 12th rate wide receiver in half-point PPR leagues, so he was definitely worth where I took it, he was definitely a good my guy, he was pretty consistent over the, over the, uh, the fucking, um, the week, which was dope. So I'm pretty happy about that. He was consistent week to week. Sorry, that, that, that came out really weird. He's consistent week to week. And uh, it was pretty dope. Um, Baker is up next. He was a big no, but he did have some good games uh, if you played him. Like, uh, I think week two when they played um, Dak, 
and the mostly healthy Cowboys, he was real good in that game, because they scored like 40 points, 48 points, or something like that. Um, but yeah, pr pretty much, no, I think he finished like 22nd overall for quarterback, so it was pretty bad. Uh, he didn't want to start him most weeks. The next guy is Philip Lindsay, who was injured for the most part. You know, injuries seem to be a theme here that I'm not happy with, um, but Philip Lindsay is an undersized guy, so I kind of get the injury stuff like that. That's why he's never had more than 200 carries in a season, or he's had around 200 carries both seasons, except for this one. Um... He really didn't get a chance to win the job. I thought he would have come out hot, beat Melvin Gordon out for the job, because I still don't think Melvin Gordon is that good of a running back, at least compared to Phil Lindsay. I think they're both, you know, probably on the same level. Um, Lindsay's a great compliment back, so um, I just like him going forward, but for this one, not really worth it. Also injured. Um, the next one was Michael Hardman. He just wasn't very good. Um, maybe it takes three years for the wide receivers to really step up. I'm watching him and Akil Harry next year, and I think y'all should do it as well. If he gets a real quarterback and Michael Hardman actually breaks out into his speed role a little bit more like Cheetah, uh, on his team, well, that's his Twitter, at least, Tyreek Hill, uh, if he turns into an, a, a smaller Tyreek Hill, I, I think it's kind of possible, um, obviously no one can be Tyreek Hill, because he's a fucking maniac, but I, I still think there's hope for that in the future, but not, not, not there, not this year. Hayden Hurst was the next one, yes, he was very good, he was a top 12 tight end, you want to start him most weeks, tight end was pretty bare, pretty barren, and he stayed healthy for the whole season, so, pretty, pretty easy, easy slam there. Uh, the next one was DK Metcalf, yep, DK Metcalf, yep, that was an easy yes, if you didn't take him, you're dumb. Uh, the next one was Gardner Minshew, didn't keep a job, was injured, uh, that's another disappointment, um, to be fair, none of my guys stayed healthy, um, except for Le'Veon Bell and Baker so far, that were pretty much no's, uh, oh, and Michael Hartman too, um, but the next one was pretty bad, Carryon Johnson, he just lost out to AP, without AP, I think he would have been indecent, if not, kind of bad, um, uh, running back, he's definitely someone I can't blame on, you know, injuries and stuff like that. Um, but he, he was, <laughs> he was just, he just hasn't gotten a chance with AP. I mean, uh, AP was taking carries away from DeAndre Swift, and I think DeAndre Swift is really good. He was even good last year, not just going forward as, as a, you know, a rookie going forward, but he was good last year. So I, I don't know, that whole AP situation really fucked up carry on, and I had him on a lot of teams. Um, a lot of best ball teams too, but whatever. That wraps up my Vanguard players though. I had three yeses, five no's, and three that were injured pretty much. I mean, you can count Minshew, maybe you can count Lindsay, maybe, but the big ones I was counting, Oh, uh, I think it was, yeah, oh, it was Mixon, Odell, and actually Lindsay, so, uh, yeah, the Le'Veon one, Baker, Mikul, Gardner, and Carryon was pretty bad, but Gardner was also hurt a little bit, but that's okay, we need, we can ignore that, because he lost his job, he didn't start even when he was healthy, so, it's fine, um, so that's my Vanguard players, Vanguard players, Jesus Christ, what was that fucking noise, what did I just sound like there, dude, <laughs> uh, it's okay, um, yeah, so that was my Vanguard, let's go to my Deep Sleepers, um, I didn't think these guys were, like, hella deep, but they, they, they were pretty deep. I, I was getting them constantly, uh, in later rounds of drafts, like, 10, 11, 11th round, um, so, you know, they, they count for sleepers, at least. Um, the first one was Gardner Minshew, which we covered before, injured, didn't really play, definitely not good. Two, my number two was Josh Kelly, um, he was useful in the beginning, in the middle of the season for, like, a few games, so, you know, he's a pretty deep sleeper, you can get him at the end of drafts for pretty much no cost, so, yeah, pretty much a no, but it was close. Uh, the next one I had was Boston Scott. There were two really good weeks for him, and the rest were pretty bad. Um, so that's not worth it. <laughs> uh, my next one was Robbie Anderson, though, and he had almost 1,100 yards. Uh, only had three touchdowns, though, but still pretty good for where you got him, I think. Um, Michael Pittman was next. As a deep sleeper, I think he was pretty fine. He, you know, he came on later in the year. He was hurt at the beginning of the year. So, I, you know, as a deep sleeper, it's pretty close. But, um, definitely the Jefferson, or, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> getting ahead of myself. Pittman going forward will be good. For this year, it was kind of a meh. Put it in the meh category. The next one I had was Michael Pittman. Um, oh, I'm sorry, not Michael Pittman, I literally said that. The next one I had was 
T. Higgins. He had almost a thousand yards, and he's looking good for the future. I think this was a yes. This is a pretty easy deep sleeper. I mean, you probably don't want to have him at the end of the year because he doesn't get too much work. He's a rookie, all that stuff. But I mean, going to the end and stuff like that, when he had the chance, he was real good, and he was at a thousand yards, so worth it. The next guy I had was uh, Van Jefferson, which was a big no. Didn't get enough playing side. Uh, not much to say about that. Didn't really get playing time. I think going forward, when Reynolds leaves the team next year, I think y'all are going to want Van Jefferson, especially in Dynasty. Needed a little uh, sip break there. My throat's getting a little edgy. I was going to say edgy, but it's getting a little, you know, sore. Need some liquid. <laughs> uh, the next one I had, J.J. Ortega Whiteside. That was a no, even when they had no receivers. Again, like last year, he didn't really play. So that's a that's a big no. That's a big bust for the Eagles there. Uh, the 10th one, or, or the next one, rather, was Russell Gage. And uh, was good in the beginning, kind of fell off in the middle, and then came on strong at the end. He was well worth it. A late round pick? Absolutely. The next one I had was O.J. Howard. Ugh. So sad. He was doing well until he got hurt, and then Gronk took over, and Gronk was really good. I still maintain that if O.J. Howard stayed healthy the entire year, which obviously isn't a guarantee because he spent last year injured and, and was also bad. Um, obviously, yeah, again, not a guarantee, but if he stayed healthy the entire time, I think he would have been a pretty good tight end to pick up. Uh, the next one I had was Blake Jarwin. He didn't play at all. That was real sad. Um, he played like a first game, had like one catch, and that was it. Not good. The next one I had was the uh, Detroit Lions DST, and they were like one of the worst in the league, so that was a bad one. The reason I really had Detroit DST as one, as one of my big guys is because I just didn't think the offense was that potent in the division. Um, and I was uh, right about the Bears, <laughs> at least. So there's that. Uh, we have three yeses, five noes, two meh, and two injured. Um, I feel like I really nailed the yeses on this one, but there are a lot of no's in this one. I mean, Ortega Whiteside, Van Jefferson, but you can, with deep sleepers, you're not going to hit them all, obviously, right? Or, or sleepers, when you talk about, like, Anderson. When you, when you go for sleepers, you're not going to hit them all. That's fine. I think getting, you know, three, yeah, like, strong yeses, I think, in Russell Gage, T. Higgins, and Robbie Anderson were, were pretty good. Um, I think they're pretty good considering what we were working with there. Um, yeah. Um, I, I also mentioned a bunch of honorable mentions, or not mentioned, I had a bunch of honorable mentions in this one, uh, I really only got one right, and that was the Miami DST, and it was out of, like, ten of them, so I don't, you know, th those are just guys that I was throwing out there even more, just as, as random shots in the dark, and Miami was one, um, you know, I, I really like the cornerback duo, I thought they brought in a lot of good guys, a new coach, um, a better offense, so... Yeah, I mean, I thought that was that was good, and it, and it panned out. They were a great DST. I mean, they also had a lot of return touchdowns on the special teams, so that's also a thing, But um, and I wasn't counting on that in my predictions, but, you know, it worked out. All right, those were my uh, deep sleepers or sleepers, and the next one I've got is I'm going to move on to my preseason NFL slash standing predictions. I was happy about these this year. You know, they weren't great, but I was pretty happy about them. Let's start with the AFC North. I had the Ravens going 13-3 and and making the playoffs, and uh, they were 11-5, and and they made the playoffs. I agree, that is a B. I was pretty close on there. Um, I, the defense wasn't healthy all year, and that was kind of a big thing for me. But, I mean, Lamar wasn't also on point as much as he was last year. I still think he's going to be, I think he's super, like, going into 2021, or just 2021, but the 2021 NFL season, man, I am excited to draft Lamar, where he's going to be, like, the fifth or sixth or seventh quarterback off the board. I am very excited for that, because um, it's going to be, it's going to be worth it again. People are going to be dumb. They have such short memories in the NFL, and I know that because I'm an anti-reactionary, and a lot of people in the NFL, fantasy community, big reactionaries. They react to last year, and that's all that matters to them, pretty much. Which is fucking stupid, and I'm here to correct that. It's pretty much why I want to start my podcast and start talking to people, because I needed to correct that, because people are just being way too dumb uh, about judging last year and being, that's pretty much it. Pretty dumb. Um, let's see. 
we have the Browns next, which I predicted to go 11-5 and five and make the playoffs. And they actually went 11-5 and five and make the playoffs. <laughs> Give myself a round of applause. That's an A-plus all around. Because I don't want to talk about the next time. <laughs> and third place, the Steelers at 6-10. and 10. They finished 12-4 and four and made the playoffs. That's an F for me. Pretty bad. Got that one pretty wrong. Um, I think we could see later on how exposed the Steelers were and how they probably weren't deserving of being a 12-0 team. Um, but, you know, they still made the playoffs. They still won 12 games. It, it is what it is. I, I maintain, or not maintain, I still think they're like a 6-10 and 10 type of team. I didn't think Ben Roethlisberger would be good. I thought the offensive line would be worse. I didn't think the defense could carry them like they did last year. But, you know, the offense was okay and the defense did carry a lot. So, it is what it is. Um, I predicted the Bengals to be 5-11. and 11. They did lose 11 games, but they only won four. Yeah, can't predict ties. I'm never going to do ties in these predictions. But that's an A grade. So going over the AFC North, I had a B for the Ravens. I had an A-plus for the Browns. I fucked up the Steelers and gave them an F. And for the Bengals, I got an A because they had 11 losses. That counts. All right. That was a pretty good one. Though. That was a pretty damn good one. The next one I've got is the AFC West. Easy. Chiefs 13-3 and made the playoffs. They actually finished 14-2. and Not much to say here. That's an A for me. The Broncos, I had going 8-8. Eight and eight. They actually finished 5-11. Uh, I had them 8-8 and, and making the playoffs. Um, they finished at 5-11. I give myself a C, probably like a C- minus or D if I'm really thinking about it now, but I have a strict grading rubric that I go by, um, and that's just basically, you know, plus or minus uh, 0 is an A+, plus, plus or minus 1 is an A, plus or minus 2 is a B, plus or minus 3 is a C, and I had them 8 wins, they were 5 wins, so that's, that's minus 3, and I give them a C. Um, they didn't make the playoffs too, so probably like a C minus. It really probably should be a C minus at this point. Um, the Broncos weren't healthy. Uh, I I said it before. I said it a million times in the off season that it was going to depend on Drew Lock, and Drew Lock was pretty bad. I'm feeling semi out on Lock, not completely out on Lock, but you know he had a lot of talent around him. They had a very good defense, even with the loss of Von Miller and uh, a few other guys that I'm totally blanking on defensively. Um, they had a very strong defense and. If Locke was able to put it together a little bit, this would have been a very capable and uh, probably a playoff team. The next one I had was the Chargers at 5-11. They actually finished 7-9. and um, I was expecting Herbert to be a lot worse, obviously, than he was, and I still maintain that Herbert will not be good going forward into the future. Um, maybe those words will bite me in the ass someday. They probably will, but I've mentioned it a billion times, so I'm sticking with it. I still feel the same way. He makes bad decisions. He isn't a great quarterback. He had a lot of deep balls that just connected with Guyton, and I don't think that's an indicator of future success, so... We'll see. Give myself a B for that. They had a lot of injuries, too. And Lynn, with Lynn being gone, I don't know. Will will um, will um the second-year quarterback with a, maybe a second offense and a second offensive coordinator or offensive scheme, will he stay the same? Will he be as good? We'll see. Um, The Raiders. I predicted them 4-12, and but they actually finished 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, Give myself a D for that because it was a bad call. They were an impressive team. The defense was pretty bad, though, and that's something they need to correct next year. Although they have spent a lot of draft capital on the defense, so hopefully maybe those guys step it up, but I don't believe in a lot of guys, especially that safety that I drafted two years ago. I don't like him. I like Arnett um, a decent amount for a cornerback, but um, they need help. Linebacker, they need help in the secondary still. They probably still need help, especially on the interior defensive line, I think. Um, but the offense was really good, and they also, you know, had the first wide receiver taken in the draft, but they could have taken anyone else besides that guy, and they would have had maybe even a chance to make the playoffs. Maybe they would have given them an extra win if they didn't take shitty, not good wide receiver Henry Ruggs. <laughs> uh, I still don't, I don't really believe in Ruggs that could. He, he might be good at some point, um, but he's got a good quarterback in Derek Carr, so if he doesn't prove it in his rookie contract, eh. 
It's going to be pretty cringe and uh, probably out on him anyway. <laughs> but yeah, uh, going over the AFC West, we had an A with the Chiefs. We had a C with the Broncos. We had a B with the Chargers. And I degraded myself with the Raiders. Pretty, pretty spread all over the place. But to be fair, the Chiefs are a pretty easy prediction. So whatever. All right, moving on to the AFC South, the division I am the most intimately connected with. We have the Colts. I predicted them to go 9-7 and and make the playoffs. They actually went 11-5 and and made the playoffs. And you know what's funny? They did the same exact fucking thing for the Titans. 9-7 and make the playoffs. They were 11-5 and and make the playoffs. I think for the Colts, their defense was still a little overrated. A pretty good defense, but a little overrated. Um, Rivers played better than I thought for, most, for the end of the year, at least. Um, and that was that. The Titans had a really good offense that I was surprised was so good. I wasn't an A.J. Brown non-believer in the beginning of the year, but I didn't think he was as good as I now think he is, because uh, I think he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, or could be one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. Um, maybe, maybe not there just yet, but definitely very close. Um, but anyway, um, we've got the... Texans, I predicted them to go 7-9. and nine. They went 4-12. and 12. I think most people were predicting the Texans to make the playoffs, win the division, be dominant like they were last year, and that wasn't the case. Gave myself a C for that, but I feel like I was more on than most people were about uh, the, the Texans. You know, they also had a really tough schedule, and that was another reason why I had that there at 7-9. They, they, they lost their first games until they played the Jaguars finally, and the Jaguars obviously were pretty terrible. So... Pretty tough schedule. I remember playing, they were playing, like, uh, I mean, they were playing, they obviously had the division to play with. The Titans and the Colts are very good. And they played, like, Green Bay early on, they were playing Kansas City early on, and it was real tough. Um, the Texans also should have won, like, both games against the Colts, or, or they at least had very good shots of beating the Colts twice, so, ugh, tough year for the Texans, and it's probably only gonna get worse. Um, the Jaguars, I had going 6-10, and 10 because I believed in Gardner Minshew, that was pretty much it. Um, they had a young team that I thought maybe some people would surprise me, like Chase on would be good, and I thought they'd have CJ Henderson for probably the whole year, and I thought they'd have most of their defense for the whole year. Wasn't expecting James Robinson, but uh, I still don't think running backs matter that much, and obviously they don't. James Robinson was a really good running back, probably a top 10 running back last year, top 5 running back maybe even last year, maybe like top 8, um, and they went 1-5-15, so... Yeah, not good. Um, so I get, got had them at 6-10, and 10, mostly because I thought Minshew could at least get them to 6 wins. That was not the case. I'm a little bit more out on Minshew than I was before. Def actually, I'm definitely more out on Minshew than I was before. I think he's a fine backup to possibly okay emergency starter. Pretty good emergency starter, maybe. But uh, yeah, they went 1-15. It was real bad. <laughs> Tony, this division. I got a B for the Colts. I got a B for the Titans. I got a C for the Texans. And an F for the Jaguars. Not a great turnout, or not a great performance for me, honestly, in this one. Um, not going to lie. It wasn't, wasn't very good. Um, but I still think that I predicted this pretty well considering yeah, the Colts and Titans to make the playoffs, which they did, and the Texans to not make the playoffs and have a below 500 record, which I don't think that was the case in most, uh, fantasy analysis or, or pro sports analysis minds at the time. And I think, I think I was pretty on in that one. Jaguars, I was five things off, which is an F grade. Not very good. Let's move on to the AFC East. I had the Bills at nine and seven and making the playoffs. They went 13 and three and make the playoffs. I give myself a D grade for that. Um, Josh Allen really surprised me this year. He had a really, really good year. Um, can't knock that. Pretty impossible to knock that. Stefan Diggs was the best artist in the NFL. Can't knock that one either. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I just, I got it wrong. Uh, I thought the defense would be worse and it was, but the offense just really made up for it. Um, Josh Allen going forward. We'll see. Still, he definitely corrected a lot of the turnover mistakes that I was seeing early on in the year, which is really important for him. Let's see if he continues to next year. I, I would call myself a believer, but a skeptical believer of Josh Allen um, and this offense and this team. They also have a really good coach. That's something that I need to probably factor in a little bit more into these predictions. 
Um, McDermott's a great coach. He gets the most out of his players. Um, I think the Bills have a pretty bright future, though. Make the playoffs and see what happens. That's what you have to do, especially in the AFC when they have fucking Mahomes dominating everything. But, yeah, give myself a D grade. 9-7. They make the playoffs, though, as you'll see at the end of this as we wrap up. I called a lot of the playoffs teams. All right. Next, we have the Dolphins. I predicted them to go 7-9, and nine, which I think was higher than most people, to be fair. They actually finished 10-6. and six. Good on them. They were a good team. I still believe in Tua. If they draft a quarterback this year, they're dumb. They should trade out a three spot, I think, really. Or maybe take so so well, maybe. Or uh, or maybe Parsons, maybe. There, there's good options at three, but I think they can trade out and get a lot for that, because I think we're seeing three quarterbacks go off the board, because this is a big quarterback class. Did we saw that when, uh, when Baker was drafted. What, was Saquon in there? I think at number two was Baker, Saquon, Darnold, right? It's possible some other guy slips in there, but um, I don't know if there's that clear talent like a Saquon or like a Chase Young that's going to go there besides maybe Penny uh, Sowell, but this is also a weird COVID year, and a lot of those guys that are going to go in the top, like Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons, I think Penny too as well, didn't play last year in 2020, so yeah, it's interesting for sure. Um, but anyway, I'm getting a little off topic. Seven and nine is what they have them, 10 and six. I think that was above what most people thought the Dolphins could do. So I feel pretty good about that one, even though I gave myself a secret. I hit the Patriots at seven and nine and guess how they finished? Fucking seven and nine motherfuckers. That's an A plus for me. I don't think a lot of, uh, well, I don't know if that's true. I think with the signing of Cam Newton, a lot of people got very excited and probably bumped them up to make the playoffs, probably like a nine and seven team, but I nailed it right on their seven and nine. Didn't make the playoffs. The team just wasn't good enough. I really respect Belichick as a coach, as a GM, but this year you just got it wrong. And he has to know that he has to make serious changes in the offseason, I think next year, but we'll see how they do. Maybe the Patriot way is, you know, a little not so great when you're not winning games. We'll see. Um, obviously Brady's doing better without Belichick than Belichick is without Brady, but yeah, I, I, mm. I don't know if that really talks about which one is better, but that's just a tough thing to compare. Anyway, I had the Jets going uh, 12, or I'm sorry, 3 and 13. They went 2 and 14. Give myself an A for that one. Jets were pretty bad. Makes sense. They had some good players, like I mentioned a billion times. Marcus Mayne was good. Uh, I was going to say Penny Swell, but um, Mickey Beckton was good. Um, Darnold is good in some first half, sometimes. So there's that. They got Denzel Mims, who I like a lot. They can have a bright future, possibly. Um, they got a new coach who I was not really a big fan of Salah, but definitely better than Gase. Even though we, we do have to, I think we have to give Gase some kind of credit, to be fair. And I don't want to give Gase too much credit, but last year the Jets went 7-9, and nine, and that team was a 2-14 and 14 team like they were this year. Uh, so, you know, maybe give Gase a little credit willing that team to 7 wins last year. That was fucking insane for what this team actually is, because I don't think it changed too much besides got, maybe got a few players who were actually better besides losing Jamal Adams, but Jamal Adams isn't a five war guy in, in the NFL. He's just not. If you think that you're an idiot. Um, but yeah, I mean, g give, give him some credit where credit is due. That seven and nine Gase team was probably one of the best Jets teams we've seen in the past, like five years. So give him some credit, even though, you know, he was obviously the head of this team that went two and 14 was 0 and 14 until the last two games of the season or 0 and 13. I don't know, until they gave it up to the Jaguars, whatever. Give myself an A for that. So running through the AFC East, we have the Bills as a D, the Dolphins as a C, the Patriots at an A+, and the Jets at an A. Pretty good for that one. Let's move into a worse division for me, which was the NFC East. I had the Cowboys finishing 10-6, and six, making the playoffs. They actually went 6-10 and 10 and missed the playoffs. Can basically chalk that up to injuries, um, especially for Dak. Um, I think with Dak, they would have made the playoffs. I think it's... Not unquestionable, but I think it's pretty likely that with Dak, they're going to be in the playoffs. A lot of people were thinking the Eagles are them, and neither did it. So, it is what it is. Um, give myself a D for that. 6-10 and 10 is what they actually finished. Sad. The Eagles, moving on next, I had them at 8-8. Eight eight. They actually had, were 4-11-1. D-grade. 
Um, at least they didn't predict them to make the playoffs. That's all I'll say. Uh, I like Peterson as a coach. I liked Wentz going into it. I didn't really like Jalen Hurts. Um, I thought there was like, I think eight and eight was like on the higher scale of what I wanted to put. I think I should have, obviously I should have done lower, but I think I wanted to do lower because I really didn't trust the wide receivers. Obviously I thought the defense probably would have been a little bit better, but I didn't really trust a lot about this team considering how he is the worst part of it. And they didn't even get rid of him. Harry Rosen, the GM. Yeah, it's not looking good for Eagles fans going forward. They got a lot of weird shit to do, and I think they should trade away Carson Wentz, but they probably won't. What are you going to do? They trade away one of those quarterbacks. It's, it's too weird to have both of them on the team now. I feel like that really fucks with, like, uh, morale or fucks with the quarterback rumor or just fucks with your entire team, uh, especially if you go if you start Wentz at the beginning of the season and you go back to Jalen Hurts because you want to win games. Yeah, it's a bad look if that happens next year, which I think is definitely within the realm possibility if their coach isn't dumb. And if they just start Wentz the entire year, even if they're shit, that'd be pretty dumb. All right, the next one. I had the Giants at 5-11. and 11. They finished 6-10. and 10. Um, Yeah, I think my thought process is pretty good on this one. Uh, the defense was better than I expected, but the offense just isn't there. Um, and no Saquon. So, yeah, that's that's pretty on point. The Giants still have a, a decently bright future, I will say. I think they have a decently bright future. Um, but, yeah, not enough that I, you know, will consider them contenders next year, especially when the Cowboys still in the division, if they can stay fucking healthy and keep Dak, which is definitely a challenge for them. But, um, yeah, Giants 6-10, and 10, pretty good for me. That's an A. It's the best one in this grade, because the next one, the football team going 4-12, and 12, and they went 7-9 and nine and made the playoffs. So, got the playoff team wrong. Probably the worst division I think I had out here. Two Ds, an A, and a C. Yeah, not very good. Um, my thought process with the football team is good defense. I always thought they had a good defense. Um, I, yeah, I always thought they had a good defense besides the linebackers, which is true for most defenses in the NFL right now. <laughs> so, um, but I, I thought the offense would be a lot worse. I didn't really think about Alex Smith coming back and being as good as he was. I think five of those seven wins were with Alex Smith. So that was my fault, for sure. If I had considered that and knew that Alex Smith would be back and knew that he would be pretty good, I would have bumped it up. But, you know, we can't go back in time. And we won't. So I got a D for the Cowboys, a D for the Eagles, an A for the Giants, and a C for the football team. Moving on to the NFC North. I the Packers are 12-4 and making the playoffs. What actually happened is they were 13-3 and and made the playoffs. That's a big old A grade, buddy. That's a nice, big, oof, nice A grade. A lot of people were downing the Packers. Um, and uh, they were fucking wrong, dude. <laughs> they were wrong. They, they were a dominant team. They were the number one seed in the NFC. And, uh, you know, they did lose, obviously, to Tampa Bay, which sucks. But what are you going to do? Um, they were a great team, and people dying them were dumb. The next team, I had the Vikings at 10-6 and making the playoffs. They were actually 7-9 and and missed the playoffs. Um, and they were pretty out of it for a while. Uh, I was just wrong about this team. The defense wasn't very good. The offense wasn't as good as I wanted to be, even though they probably have a you know a top-two Rookie of the Year candidate. I, I think Herbert's going to win it. I think he probably should. Mm, should. Actually, I'm not even sure if he should win it. I think Justin Jefferson has a really good case, honestly. But it's okay. Um, yeah, not much to say about this one. I thought the team would be better, just in most facets. And they weren't. The Bears, 8-8. Eight and eight. And uh, that's what they were, except they made the playoffs, which I did not predict. Um, an 8-8 team made the playoffs, which I should have really seen coming, but I think I probably, oh, I had that for Denver, but in the NFC, I don't know if I had that. There are a lot of good teams in the NFC, so it is what it is, but yeah, the Bears' um, thought process was pretty good throughout the entire year. It was good defense, bad offense led by Nick Foles. Yeah, that's pretty much it, even though he did pull them out of whatever shit they started into. It was all by luck, and eventually they, you know, saw that, and he lost games, they brought back Mitch, and Mitch got in the playoffs, didn't play well in the playoff game. Um, against a pretty good Saints team, a very good Saints team, so can't really give him too much, uh, hate for that, but, uh, probably time to move on for the Bears. I don't know why you took a one-year quarterback out of, uh, I was gonna say USC, but it's not USC, out of, what's the, op Duke? 
UNC, UNC, University of North Carolina. Yeah, out of UNC, one year starter. It was a pretty dumb, dumb move by the by the Bears. Pace should probably be gone. I, I'm pretty sure he's drafted him by Pace, right? Yeah, I think he is. Anyway, moving on. I had the Lions at six and ten. They finished five and eleven. Um, a bad defense, a bad coach. Uh, no Kenny Galladay. Yeah, just about sums it up, right? I mean, I didn't think they'd be without Galladay, but I don't think it really would have mattered either way. To be fair, uh, Swift was my number one guy in the draft, but I was a little sour on him to start the year, um, in the, in the middle of the year. I think I've warmed up a little bit, but a lot of his big runs, a lot of his big stat stuff were, mm, I want to say a little cringe, but that doesn't accurately really describe it. It just, you know, how I feel about it, but, um, his runs weren't perfect. Um, his vision wasn't great. And I look a lot about running back vision. Um, and, and it wasn't that good, but he's, he's a fine running back, uh, probably the best pure running back in the draft. And I've said that multiple times. Um, and I think that's probably still the case. Yeah. Um, and that's good for the Lions going forward. You know, you, you, you probably need the best way to get a running back right now is to draft it. You know, running backs are good when they're young, they're on the rookie deal. So good for the Lions, but, uh, yeah, not a good year. And I don't really see good stuff going forward because they're probably trading away Stafford, which actually I'm kind of in favor of. Actually, I lied just then. I want them to do full rebuilds. They can't be stuck in this five and 11, six and 10 limbo forever with Stafford. They got to move on. It's absolutely the right call. But anyway, in the NFC North, which I think was my best division but we'll check on that later. Um, I got an A for the Packers, a C for the Vikings, an A-plus for the Bears, and an A for the Lions. In the NFC West, I had the Seahawks going 11-5 and make the playoffs. They went 12-4 and make the playoffs. Do I really need to say it? I thought the defense would be better, actually, but do I really need to say it? They're a good team. They got Russell Wilson. Whatever. Next one is the Rams at 10-6. and They actually went 10-6. and I had them making the playoffs, and they actually made the playoffs. That's a big A-plus for me. Um, yeah, my thought process was... Just, uh, Goff is not a bad quarterback. Um, they were in the Super Bowl two years ago. They got a great coach. They got a good defense. Jalen Ramsey's a great cornerback. If you got a great interior guy who can get pressure, and you got a great cornerback, it's the Jaguars fucking, you know, I was gonna say prophecy, but it's the Jaguars formula in 2017, and, you know, uh, they didn't have the coach that the, that the Rams do, but, yeah, it makes sense. It's a tough division, obviously, and I thought it would be a tough division, but, uh, 10-6 and six pretty good. Now, we move on to the 49ers, who I thought would go 8-8, eight and eight, but they actually went 6-10, and 10, and uh, I gave myself a B grade for that, but um, <laughs> let me say, they did deal with a lot of injuries, that's for sure, but um, I think it's pretty easy to predict Super Bowl hangover stuff for the 49ers. They were a team that relied heavily on their defense, and they lost, obviously, a piece to the, to the Colts in the offseason, which, you know, they traded and they got Kim off for it, but for DeForest Buckner, but can you really replace DeForest Buckner? The answer is no, but you had to pay him, so couldn't do that anyway. Sherman's out for the year, too. They lost guys on the defensive line outside of uh, outside of Buckner as well. But yeah, um, I think predicting 8-8 eight eight was probably one of the lowest any sports writer had, <laughs> I want to say. And uh, they went 6-10. and 10. So I feel pretty damn good about that one. The next one is the Cardinals. I had 6-10. and 10. They actually went 8-8. Eight and eight, And I really fell in love with Kyler this year. I wasn't as big of a fan last year, but now, just like AJ Brown, huge fan. And he willed that team who has no defense, which is why I predicted them to have 10 losses, to go 8-8. Eight also, just sipping on my tea here at the uh, fact that the team went 8-8, eight and eight, and if they maybe drafted someone at 8 besides Justin... Justin? Simmons? Isaiah Simmons, maybe they would have made the playoffs? I'm just going to sip here and let y'all sit on that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they could have used one defensive star, maybe like a Derek Brown, or maybe like an offensive line, or maybe even a wide receiver to go with DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe they would have made it to 9-7 and, and made the playoffs instead of taking Isaiah Simmons, who is trash. Maybe. We'll see. Although I did win that game against Seattle with that interception, but it is what it is. All right, so in that, that was actually a really good one for the NFC West, too. That was an A, an A+, a B, and a B. An A for the Seahawks, an A+, for the Rams, a B for the Niners, and a B for the Cardinals. Pretty good, if I do say so myself. Let's move on to the NFC South. 
I had the Buccaneers going 12 and 4 and making the playoffs. They actually went 11 and 5 and made the playoffs, and they won their last three games, which I knew they would do. I remember saying that. I'll say it. Oh, I can't really say it again because it happened. And I gave myself an A for that one. We'll touch on the Buccaneers playoff stuff in a little bit too. But um, yeah, I mean, I watched the most film in the offseason on the Buccaneers from last year. Um, and I recognized that Jameis Winston was obviously the problem. They had a good defense. They had a good team otherwise. And if they can get Tom Brady, who played better than I think anyone could have imagined, better than I could have imagined, um, especially with an injured a wide receiver group for pretty much the entire year, even though it's very good and still really good right now. Obviously, they're in the Super Bowl. So, um, but yeah, I mean, identify the problem, or they identify the problem. Uh, get out a crappy quarterback who lost them a lot of games, made them go eight and eight, and uh, stick with everything and just get a better quarterback. Get the goat. And I, I think they should have won more games, but they were pretty inconsistent. Again, lost a lot of wide receivers to injury. You know that they did get back, but still. Um, yeah, I mean that was a that was a pretty good call by me. Um, we'll get more. We'll touch more on the Buccaneers later. Uh, the Saints, I had going eleven and five, make the playoffs. They went twelve and four, make the playoffs. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. The Saints were a great team. Um, really, really well-rounded team, and that's what I thought in the offseason. Because that makes sense. And that's what they were. The Falcons, I had going 7-9, and nine, but they actually finished 4-12, and 12, breaking their 7-9 and nine streak, going back-to-back. Back. Oh, they were looking so good, man. They looked like they were coming back with um, Raheem, right? Raheem Morris, I think, was the head coach, right? The interim head coach. But they were looking so good, they looked like they were going to get another 7-9 and nine fucking season. But they actually went 4-12, and 12, and they were a way better draft position. It's better for the franchise they went 4-12 and 12, than another dumbass fucking second-half comeback where they're really good. In the second half of the year, not second half, come back in a game. Obviously, they can't do that because you know twenty three. But uh, <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, four and twelve, a lot worse than I thought. But um, some of the defensive pieces, the key pieces they still have, like Ricardo Allen and uh, Deion Jones. Uh, I'm pretty sure from that that Super Bowl run. Uh, you know, we're played actually pretty decent this year. So there was that to maybe look forward to next year being better or being backed up to a standard where I think they're pretty good. But anyway, I got to see for that. Went seven and nine or. I thought they were going to go 7-9, win 4-12. Sad. Panthers, I had going 4-12. And, 12, and uh, they actually went 5-11, so that was a pretty good call by me. Um, didn't think McCaffrey would be out. Maybe they would have won another game if McCaffrey had been there, but also maybe not. Um, this is probably the last time in the Matt Rule era that we will see the Panthers at a less than 500 uh, record. And uh, you can take that to the bank because he's a great coach and he is working his magic. I bet in the offseason they're going to pull so many good moves. He is such a good coach. He's got a great, really young defense. He's got a, not a great, he's got a really young defense. He may have a, a new quarterback because Teddy Bridgewater probably isn't it. They'll probably go 8-8 eight eight next year and they'll make the playoffs the year after. Matt Rule is, might just be a genius. He turned around two programs, did the same thing, and I think it looks like he's doing the same thing with the Panthers. I really believe that. I think also the Saints will be waning a little bit in the coming years and the Falcons will also be doing a slower rebuild than the Panthers. So going forward, next year at least, it could be between the Panthers and the Buccaneers, and we'll see what the offseason brings, but I'm, I'm I'm pretty certain that that's something that is very likely to happen. Um, Brady's probably going to play another year, even if he wins the Super Bowl. Maybe he wins the Super Bowl, he goes out, but if he loses the Super Bowl, he's definitely coming back next year. He's under contract for two years, so Buccaneers will be top of the division probably next year. The Saints, we'll see without Brady's where they go from there, but um, this, this in two years' time even, and the Buccaneers do have a very good team outside of Brady, but maybe in two years' time even, this Panthers team could be running this division for you know, the, the next few years to come if, if if Rule gets a good quarterback uh, somehow, uh, and they probably need to move on from Teddy. He's only got a three-year deal. I think after the second year, they have a pretty easy out, too, but I'll check on that later. But anyway, going over the NFC South, which is actually a very good one, too. I have an A for the Buccaneers in my grade, an A for the Saints, a C for the Falcons, and an A for the Panthers. Pretty good. Um, so this is my sophomore year, uh, report card, which is, um, you know, I did predictions and stuff like last year. That was my freshman year. Now it's my sophomore year doing this stuff, which is nice. Um, 
I guess first year doing the podcast all the way through, for sure, but um, let's check out my report card. I've averaged out all the grades um, for each division, and uh, this is what I am, uh, this is what I got. The AFC North, I got a B for all those guys. That's my average out grade, so the AFC North, I got a B. The AFC West, a B minus. AFC South, a C. The AFC East, a B. The a NFC East, a C. Yeah. NFC North, an A minus. The NFC West, an A minus. The NFC South, a B plus. The NFC, I fucking nailed. Um, I don't think there were too many bad calls, but um, we'll, we'll check on that stuff later. The most correct division I got was the NFC West. The most incorrect was the NFC East. Sucks. Uh, the AFC playoff teams I got correct were the Ravens, Browns, Colts, Titans, Bills, and Chiefs. The only one I missed was um, the Steelers. Those are the only one I missed. Um, for the playoff NFC that I got correct, I got the Packers, Seahawks, Rams, Buccaneers, and Saints. I missed the Bears and the... Who's the fucking other one? Packers, Saints, Rams, Buccaneers, Packers, Seahawks, Rams, Buccaneers, Saints, Bears. <laughs> Who's the last one? Am I fucking stupid? Um, oh, it was the, the, obviously the, <laughs> obviously the NFC East team, which was the Washington football team. Sad, but what are you gonna do? All right, let's see. So, yeah, I mean, I only missed three playoff teams that got incorrect. I feel like that's pretty damn good. Only one in the AFC. That... I really, I really feel like I should pat myself on the back for that, because that was a fucking dope call. Like I said, uh, I think at the beginning of this, I got a lot of stuff right in the predictions of the teams rather than the, you know, predictions of the players for fantasy and all that stuff, so. But anyway, it feels pretty good. Let's see. Let's see the number of, I had four A pluses, which means I got them absolutely correct 100% of the time, 100% correct. The number of A's I had was 10. The number of B's I had was 6. The good numbers, which are A's, B's, uh, and A pluses, was 20. And uh, the number of C's... Uh, which doesn't count for good or bad. I had six. You know, it's kind of in the middle, right? C's are in the middle. Um, was uh, The number of C's was six. The number of D's is four. The number of F's was five. So I had six bad numbers, 20 good numbers, and 60, um, 60 in the middle. One well, number, I should probably say, not numbers. Um, the number of letter grades. So 20 good letter grades, six in the middle letter grades, and then six bad letter grades. You know, F's and D's. Not good. Um, I think it's a very good sophomore year. Um... My preseason prediction for the Super Bowl was the Buccaneers and the Ravens. Um, as I was writing this, that was possible, but hey, the Buccaneers are in there. Um, and I also, I mean, I had, uh, I, I had, I had the Ravens winning that one, unfortunately. But what are you gonna do? It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Um, for the Super Bowl MVP, I mean MVP, I had actually Tom Brady as my MVP. My Super Bowl MVP was also Brady, so that's possible. Um, actually, no, it's it, it was Lamar. I'm sorry. I don't have a rant here, but I have I have a document open on the side that is also it was Lamar because I had the Ravens winning the Super Bowl. Um, but I the offensive player of the year is Tyreek Hill. The defensive player of the year, Calais Campbell, really thought he would stay healthy and you know c propel that defense to being really good. My offensive rookie of the year was Michael Pittman. Obviously not going to happen. My defensive rookie of the year though was Antoine Winfield Jr. And if he was a top ten pick, he probably would have been more in the conversation than he is right now. Could have actually won it. Um, I mean, his team is in the Super Bowl, I will say that. And, uh, where's Chase Young's team? Not in the Super Bowl. My comeback player of the year was also Tom Brady. Mm, feel like that's definitely possible. Brady had a pretty awful year, lost in the first round of the playoffs. People were writing him off a little bit. Came back and is in the Super Bowl. It's possible. My coach of the year would have been Bruce Arians. Eh, maybe that happens, too. We'll see. Um, my fantasy bowl predictions. All right, moving on from my 
preseason predictions from the NFL and most of that shit. Let's go into some fantasy bowl predictions and see how I did. I feel like I remember not doing very well in this, um, which I think is the case. <laughs> Let's check it out. Um, my first fantasy bowl prediction was Tom Brady will be a top four quarterback this year. The result was he was a QB eight. So it was a close call, but he was, he was good for your fantasy quarterback. So at least there's that. Um, my next fantasy ball prediction was Mahomes will finish outside the top five for QBs and will not come close to his current ADP. He was a QB four. I don't think he was worth his ADP. Um, he almost finished fourth. He didn't return value on his ADP. I, re I really don't think so. Um, but it's definitely an opinion. Um, if you were taking this guy in the second round, if you were taking this guy as your first quarterback, even it was a mistake. Um, and I stand by that. And I think, I think that was a pretty good call. Um, my third prediction was Le'Veon Bell will outscore Miles Sanders. The result was Le'Veon Bell scored 600, or I'm sorry, 66.6666, number of the fucking beast. Oh shit, I should have noticed. Um, and Miles Sanders scored 158 fantasy points. So I was wrong on that one for sure. <laughs> but you know, maybe if Le'Veon Bell stayed with the Jets the entire season, maybe it would have been a little different. Um, but that's okay. And they were taking like wildly different ADPs. Like Miles Sanders was a first round, second round pick. Le'Veon Bell was like fifth round pick. So I thought it was a pretty decent ball prediction. Uh, the next one I have, the fourth bowl prediction was Carrion Johnson outscores DeAndre Swift and Philip Lindsay outscores Melvin Gordon. The results were Carrion Johnson scored 62 points and DeAndre Swift scored 166. Philip Lindsay scored 63 points. Melvin Gordon scored 182. I was pretty wrong on that. <laughs> Not really much to say there since Philip Lindsay was hurt a little bit. I thought they'd split. If they split, they probably would have both been around 100 fantasy points, but whatever. We're not there. Fuck me. Um, my fifth one was Telvin, Telvin Coleman scores the most points of any RB on the 49ers. He was hurt, so the answer was no, and it was just wrong. Uh, number six, Michael Pittman scores the most points in half-point PPR of any rookie wide receiver, going back to, you know, the rookie of the year, all that fun stuff. Uh, I was wrong, um, but I just like him for the future, so we'll see where it goes. Number seven is Robbie Anderson finishes as a top 36 wide receiver. He finished as wide receiver 24, so I was very right about Robbie Anderson this year. Love that rule. Love that system. Get him out of New York. Get him away from Gase, and he'll be good. That's what happened. Just wish he got more touchdowns. Um, the next one is Robert Woods finishes as a top 10 receiver in half point PPR. The result was he was a 13 wide receiver, 13 wide receiver 12. Excuse me. I got to change that because he was wide receiver 12. Um, so I gave myself a pass on this one. Uh, I think I was pretty close to that. It wasn't exactly top 10, but it was pretty damn close. Next one, number nine. Noticing a lot of patterns that go through this. You know, a lot of Robert Woods, Robbie Anderson. Now I got OJ Howard, which is my next one, which is, I'll read it out loud, number nine is OJ Howard is the best tight end on his team and scores at least 40 more points in the next tight end. If he didn't get injured, I think that would have been the case, but he was injured, so it sucks. Number 10 is Ga Dallas Goddard scores more points than Hunter Henry or Tyler Higby. Dallas Goddard scored 93 points. Hunter Henry scored 115. Tyler Higby scored 106. Da Goddard didn't get hurt. I would have fucking nailed this one, and you were getting Goddard in like the ninth or 10th round, and Hunter Henry and Tyler Higby were like 6th or 7th round picks. Maybe even earlier than that. Maybe Hunter Henry was like a fifth round pick. I feel pretty good about that one. Um, going over it, I had I nailed the Robert Woods one. I nailed the Robbie Anderson one. But I got pretty much most of these. Oh, I, I nailed the Mahomes one. I think I got most of these pretty wrong. Like Lev Bell was wrong. Carry on. And Lindsey outscoring Gordon and Swifter wrong. Coleman wrong. Pittman wrong. OJ Howard was hurt. And you know, um, Le'Veon Bell obviously wrong. Um. Looks like Tevin was the only one who really got hurt. I mean, Michael Pittman also got hurt, but I don't think he would have scored more than Justin Jefferson. It seems pretty impossible, uh, but that's okay. Let's move on to my regular non-fantasy football bold predictions, which, like I said at the beginning, and like I will say again now, I, I, I did better at predicting the NFL than I did fantasy this this uh, preseason. 
All right, my regular non-fantasy fantasy football or fun. <laughs> Damn, am I going fucking insane, dude? Regular non-fantasy football. You know, it's regular and then in parentheses non-fantasy football bull predictions. So my regular football predictions. First one is the Dolphins will win the AFC East and at least nine games. The result was they won ten games. They didn't win the AFC East, but eh, I semi-count that. The next one was the Browns win the AFC North and are the first seed in the AFC. Um, they went 11-5 and made the playoffs. Uh, it was pretty close on this one. At least they got to the playoffs and were 11-5. Um, the 49ers do not return to the playoffs. That was pretty fucking bold considering they were a Super Bowl team and everyone else was super hype on them. The result was true. And injuries, again, took a, took a toll. But, you know, if you look at Super Bowl teams who especially rely on their defense or teams that make it into the playoffs that rely on their defense, if injuries catch up with them, they won't be good anymore. I know they lost their quarterback too, but still. Um, the next one I had was Jared Goff throws for over 5,000 yards. And three different wide receivers have over 900 yards. The result was false. Goff threw for about 4,000, 3,950. Uh, Cup and Woods did have over 900 yards, but Van Jefferson or Reynolds just didn't get there, unfortunate. Um, the next one I had was Ole B.C. Johnson will be the best wide receiver in Minnesota this year. That was wrong. There were two wide receivers who were better than them, and it wasn't close. <laughs> um, I think I got a little too hype in the beginning of the season when I was like, oh, he's on the depth chart and he's looking good in preseason. And sometimes that's a real thing, but most of the time it's not. I think I got a little too hype there. I still think he can be pretty good as a wide receiver three. He's fine, which I think is what they'll use him as. All right. I had my next one was the whole NFC South will make the playoffs. It was just two teams in Arizona. Uh, I'm sorry. Atlanta and Carolina didn't get close, but whatever. Uh, I kind of want to skip this one so bad, but I won't. The best quarterback from the 2019 draft class will be Dwayne Haskins. I was wrong on that one. He's not on uh, his uh, team that drafted in the first round, so that was bad. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I'll admit to that for sure. Uh, next one is the Cowboys will have a better record than any team in the AFC East and the AFC South. This is wrong. Um, you know, the Cowboys had some t tough injuries to overcome, like I talked about before, um, and the Bills are great this year, so yeah. I mean, they were like, what, the Cowboys? So the Colts were better. The uh, Titans were better. The Bills are better. Well, those three teams are better. Oh, I'm sorry. The Patriots are better, too. 7-9. and nine. Oh, and the and Miami was better, too. Yeah, like, six teams are better. I was, I was wrong on that one, for sure. I mean, they were 6-10, and 10, so what are you gonna do? All right, the next one is the Packers will make it farther this year than any team who played in the Super Bowl last year. Well, they made it farther than the 49ers. I will say that. I mean, they made it to the NFC Championship game, but, uh, unfortunately, Kansas City is still there, so not right, but pretty close. Um, the last one I had was the Seahawks will have a top five defense. This was wrong. Um, but I will say when Jamal Adams was playing, obviously a big game changer, they were a pretty good unit and they had a lot of good players on that team too. Quentin Dunbar definitely didn't perform. The secondary wasn't as good, especially without Adams. But, um, I mean, next year, if they keep most of these guys, I like Griffin. I like the defensive line. I like Alton Robinson. We'll see. Or Alton Robinson. Is that the guy? He's out of Syracuse. He was, he was a defensive end at Syracuse, fourth round pick. He was pretty good last year. Um, they traded for the old guy from the Bengals. He probably won't be on the team. Um, they have a pretty decent interior that, that the, the organization has drafted. So I think they can be a pretty good. Oh, they have the best linebacking group in, in the entire league. So, um, I mean, they're getting older, but they're not like super old yet. Um, so maybe next year we'll see. All right. Those are my, uh, those are my regular football predictions. I had the 49ers one was true. The Browns and the Dolphins were close. Um, yeah. And the rest were kind of false. Oh, the Packers almost close too. The rest are kind of false. But again, these are bold predictions. You know, you can't be right about all of them, unfortunately, as much as I'd like to be, but, uh, can't be right about all of them. <laughs> Let's go to bust and breakouts, which is the last thing I have actually here. Wow. What are we at time? Oh, we're at like 46 minutes. That's pretty damn good. All right. Let's see for my bust and breakouts. Let's do the breakouts first. 
for the number one, I had Ian Thomas. His ADP was 23. He finished 60th. Uh, and these these are, I'm sorry, these ranks are for the position. So position ranks ADP. Um, and then they're finished. So Ian Thomas, 23, finished 60. Yeah, obviously that's a no. Did that guy even play? I'm not even sure. Gardner Minshew, his ADP was 25. He finished 24. The answer's still no. Um, Michael Pittman, his ADP was 63. And his finish was eight, uh, 89. So that's also a no. Hayden Hurst, ADP was 13. And his finish was number 11, so, I mean, I'd give myself a yes on that one. Mostly because tight ends are really shit and they're tough to find, and if you stay healthy and are a pretty good tight end, you get there. That's what Hayden Hurst did, so I'm into it. The next one is Golden Tate. His ADP was 59. His finish was 93. This was a big no for me, too. Um, for the Giants, or at least I thought Golden Tate would take a step up, but they were injured. Most of your Sterling Shepard didn't really play. They were kind of a mess on offense, but the defense was good, at least, so... Good for you, Giants fans. Next one I had was Baker. His ADP was 17. He finished 17, so the result is a definite no. The next one is J.K. Dobbins. His ADP was 36. He finished 17. That's a big yes for me. Moving on to the next one, Michael Gallup. His ADP was 30. He finished 36. Yeah, I think he came out a lot later in the season. He was pretty bad for most of the year. That's definitely a no for me. DJ Chark, his ADP was 24. He finished 48. He was hurt for some of the year. But, mm, I'm going to say most of the year. It's, it's a pretty meh. Uh, for me, he dealt with a lot of quarterback changes, um, but that's no excuse for fantasy when you're predicting a breakout. It sucks, so it's a meh, but not great. Uh, the next one is Robert Woods. Obviously, since a pattern, a lot of these guys have been on multiple lists, but Robert Woods, his ADP was 12, he finished 13, so I'm going to give that a yes for me. Oh, let's go into the bust, which, if you can believe it, might actually be worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, might actually be worse. All right, boss, same formula as below. Melvin Gordon, his ADP was 17. His finish was 13, so that was a big no. Jonathan Taylor, his ADP was 19. His finish was 4. That's another no. To be fair, I thought Marlon Mack would play in more than one game. So, you know, I mean, he did split time with Naheem Hines, so if, can you imagine with uh, Marlon Mack in the mix there? Yeah, he would have finished below that for sure. Um, Miles Sanders, his ADP was 14. He finished 21st. Eh, it's kind of a meh for me. I had Derrick Henry next. His ADP was 6. His finish was number 1. Yeah, it's a no. Um, but man, I will not be drafting Derrick Henry next year. I, won't, I probably won't say as much as I said this offseason about him being, you know, kind of bad. Cause I, um, look, I never really thought he was kind of bad. I was just out on, on Henry. Like, the reason I picked him as a bust here is because I thought he finished around, like, 15 to 20. Um, and that obviously wasn't the case. He was the best running back in the league. It wasn't close. Um, but I think going forward, yeah, I mean, I don't think he's a, he's an asset that you really want to keep for a while. These are back-to-back -back brutal seasons for him. Um, and the offensive line, like I've been saying for a bit, isn't too good. I think they played, um, a lot better than they could have, or than they were expected to, especially losing Lawan uh, in the middle of the season. So good on the Titans for them. They got a really potent offense. Um, I just, I'm not super sure about him going forward. And I'll probably just be out on it, and I'll probably just say that. I'm out on Derrick Henry. That's fine. People can take him number one. They can do whatever the fuck they want. Uh, the next is Patrick Mahomes. His ADP was number one. He finished four. Like, I in my thing, I think I think that's a pretty good thing. He 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 was kind of a bust, I think. Um, he was still obviously a good, good enough quarterback to take, so it's kind of hard for me to place him as a bust, but, you know, you're picking a guy to be the number one guy. If he wasn't that, he was number four. Not very good. Next one I had was Calvin Ridley. His ADP was 17. He finished fourth. That was a big fucking no for me. I just, uh, I mean, I saw the stats. 900 yards. 900 yards. I really didn't think number three, his third season, would be the breakout year, but um, it is, and I'm a little bit more of a Calvin Ridley truther than I was before. We'll see what the quarterback situation is in Atlanta next year, but, uh, you know, uh, we'll get to that when we get there, right? Um, the next one, number seven, is Raheem Mostert. His ADP was 24. He finished 47th, but the result was he was injured. I'm not going to count this one. Cam Akers, my next one, is ADP. This is the one I started actually heating up. My last three. <laughs> Cam Akers, his ADP was 26. His finish was 42. This was a yes. He split time with a lot of guys. 
Um, he was a fourth round pick. He split, he split uh, time with another fourth round pick from the year before. This is obvious for me. Very obvious, I think. He was useful in some situations, sure, but he was shooting way too up those boards, 26, and not worth it at all. Next one after that, I had A.J. Green. His ADP was 28. His finish was 75. Obviously, 28 is a little misleading because he was 100%, most people were thinking, as I was, you know, as well, um, that he would be their boomer bust category, and he busted. And uh, that's why he's in my busts. <laughs> Next one I had was Rob Gronkowski. His ADP was 10. He finished 8. I was wrong about that. I think if O.J. Howard, like I said a billion times on this podcast, if he had stayed around, you know, he... Uh, Probably wouldn't have finished there, but uh, definitely a really good year for Gronk. I was surprised, uh, especially for spending a year off in football. Um, but him and Brady really connected, and he had like some pretty good touchdowns. I think he was, wasn't used in the red zone as much as I expected, um, considering he had the full control of the job. Cameron Brake got like two touchdowns or whatever. Um, but yeah, Gronk was, was pretty sus. But that is it for all my predictions um, that I've done, uh, that I did in the preseason that were, was pinned to my Twitter. That probably won't be pinned anymore, because I think I'm going to upload this as soon as I can and then pin this to my Twitter. Um, so you'll be able to see it. You'll be able to find it pretty easily. Um, and I might do that going forward until I do more preseason predictions, probably till the baseball preseason predictions, uh, go out, which probably be recording some podcasts on that soon. Um, I don't know when spring training is going to start. It seems like it's going to be pushed back. You know, it's the end of the show. Now I can talk about whatever the fuck I want. Um, the spring training stuff is, yeah, probably going to move back. I don't think the MLB uh, players association, MLBPA will, uh, will agree to pre spring training considering, especially what's happening in the basketball world, but I mean, considering the conditions in Maricopa County, Arizona, where they expect to have spring training will not be, um, you know, it'll be ready, I think is what they'll say, but, um, I don't think the players are going to go there and get COVID and shit, so probably get moved back a little bit. Um, I expect the season to get delayed for sure, no matter what, um, which I think is fine. Also good for the Mets because Syndergaard will come back sooner, but, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, um, it's a little tough, but yeah, I'll, I'll be doing baseball content probably more in, in the next few few weeks because uh, when football's done, I'm just going to be going to straight draft uh, draft mode as in the NFL draft, which I've already started looking at stuff, started putting in my big board. Um, I'm a little late, I think, because last year around this time, I think like right after Super Bowl, I, pr I produced my first mock draft. Um, I think I'll be a little later on that this year, but I think I'll be able to get to more guys to review film-wise than I did last year, so that'll be good. That'll be important. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, I got the Super Bowl show next week. Uh, very excited about that. Um, it's going to be a good time going forward. I'm really happy that I've spent more than a year on this podcast, and I'm happy that all y'all can listen to me. Hopefully y'all made it to the end. And now, as your special treat, you get to see the end outro that's different. Um, it's pretty cool. Again, I liked, I liked what the, uh, I think it was a pastor that did mine. He was pretty cool. Um, he, was, he was a really nice guy. If you check him out on Fiverr, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, he, he does some good work if you need, need him to do some work for your sports stuff or for any kind of podcast stuff. He, he does, does some good work for sure. But thank you guys again for tuning in. I'm really happy to, uh, keep doing this. Um, you know, uh, any kind of listens, anything you want to talk about, if y'all ever want to come on the show that I haven't already had you on, or even if I had you on, I'd love to have people on again. Um, I'll probably have the JJ Talks crew on. I haven't talked to them yet, but I, I want to have them on, um, for the Super Bowl show. But, um, yeah, that's all I got. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Oh, I did want to say, sorry, I, I've been kind of stumbling around it. I probably should have said it at the beginning of the show, but I'm saying at the end, I want to be held accountable, which is why I do these wrap-up shows. It's why I do these wrap-ups on my website. It's because I want to be held accountable for what I predicted at the beginning of the year. I don't like it when NFL people like do these predictions and they just get washed under and then you can't find them again. What are they actually predicting at the beginning of the year? What do they actually do? I want to know. I want to see. I feel like I do that every year to try and look and see how these guys, these, these analysts, these big analysts, um, how they performed, and they just don't really show it, which is probably because, you know, some of the stuff wasn't really right, but 
I do. I'm transparent. I try and show you, even when I fuck up, especially when I fuck up about Dwayne Haskins, I put it out there for y'all to blast me on and for y'all to, you know, check me out and, and see if I actually have some good stuff, um, which I think I did. I think this year was a pretty good one, especially for, you know, the regular NFL, but hold me accountable. I like doing these rap shows because I think it's fun to show what I predicted four months ago, five months ago, whatever it was, and tell you guys, you know, you know, tell you guys how I did, because I think you should listen to me going forward, um, especially about the NFL. I think, I think I'm pretty smart in that, and, uh, I think you can see with this podcast that I'm pretty smart on some things, so, you know, at least there's that, but, uh, thanks again for tuning in, guys. I really appreciate it. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports, and be sure to tune in next time.